Previously on The Crown, we got the first Diana episode we've been dying for. She started a discreet relationship with a doctor named Hasnat Khan, and she also started sowing the seeds of maybe doing an interview with Martin Bashir at the BBC, thanks in part to her somewhat estranged brother. Uh, Let's see how that comes into play this week in this monumental episode of The Crown on the Lords of Grantham podcast. And we are back once again, this time actually recording in 2022. I know we're beyond the date to say Happy New Year, but we mm-hmm. can say it and mean it this time. So welcome to 2023. How you doing, Corey? I'm doing great. How about you, Dave? I'm good. I'm good. Uh, I realized that after our recording, since we recorded in that week between Christmas and New Year's and released it, in 2023 we forgot to mm. mention that january 1st 2023 marks five years of the lords of grantham podcast existing wow uh some people may say five years too long but for us <laughs> oh yeah a few of our itunes reviewers might agree maybe julian fellows yeah but we're never stopping <laughs> this is going to go until i don't know we really have no end, end point in mind <laughs> I would so say the as wheels, as you're, go until the wheels come off, but considering we review mostly period dramas, we go until they invent the wheel and put it on, put cars, you know, we're going from the horses fair. to the wheels. Yeah. To hovercrafts. I mean, until, people, until people stop listening to us, we're just going to keep going. And so far, it seems like people keep listening. Yeah. Speaking of people keep listening, I don't, I don't know if we have any news pieces to cover, but... Relating a little bit to this episode, more to last episode, we got an email for the first time in a long time from a fan. Oh, really? Yeah. So you we sure got an email from the wrong email address. <laughs> no, because it's it's relating to the crowd. It's the crown. Okay. It's from uh, Dania. I apologize if I mispronounced that. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's about Humayun Saeed, the guy who plays Hasnat Khan. Oh yeah. And jumping right in, she says, "So Pakistanis around the world were tickled pink." When Saeed was cast as Hasnat Khan because he's actually a massive star, romantic lead, and well-known producer in the Pakistani film and TV industry. Very different from the average dumpy guy we get on The Crown. My mother grew up with him as a hero and Diana herself as a princess. So she was interested in season five, episode seven, and nothing else. And uh, she suggests that He's produced a few TV shows that have been hits, and should we want to go international, Pakistani dramas are deliciously melodramatic. So, I mean, I'm always up for an international drama. I mean, technically, we're American. We already are going international. <laughs> That's true. But thank you for the email, Dania. Uh, and this is the kind of I mean, stuff that, and I, I responded to her. That this is the information that we love getting because we know, you know, like we are blissfully ignorant about a lot of these things. And I had no clue about this. So, 
We hope your and, mom I mean, likes the episode. To to elaborate on last week, you know, when we were talking about him. Wait, so the the guy who played uh, his name, what, what what was his name again? Has uh, uh Hasnat Khan. No. Humayun Saeed. So I think we did say, like, you know, he kind of looked like an average guy last week. They really kind of dressed him down for the part. Mm-hmm. Um, he kind of looked like, you know, a frumpy kind of guy because he's a doctor. He's working all the time. I I don't know if I made it clear last week, but I do want to double down. That dude had a lot more charisma than whoever was paying, uh, portraying Doty earlier in the season. Whoever was supposed to be Diana's next love interest. I thought he definitely had charisma emanating from him even as as the doctor there uh no he definitely so. had a gravity that i think but i think dody at that point is supposed to be like the 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 son who's a little envious of his father's you know mm-hmm. cult of personality so i feel like i yeah. wasn't supposed to get that much from dody but we'll see yeah i mean mm. hopefully next time we get to see them together he's not just giving diana a slight peck i hope he's going all in I want to see more of this doctor with Diana. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Just spin it off. Okay, why can't we have spinoffs of the crown where we just go off into different timelines of history and just have that? Um, I mean, we spent enough time with the the queen at this point, right? We we deserve it. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Give us more Camilla Parker bowls. And I mean, to be honest, there's not much going on outside the world of the shows that we're watching uh, this week. Um, there, there's no news on Poldark, Downton Abbey, Gilded Age, or anything. Just all the news about Prince Harry, you know, dumping on the royalty, which has been salacious uh, if you've been able to read any of it. <laughs> uh, damning at best and petty at its lowest, but all all good stuff, fun reads. Uh, yeah, I've watched the first five. The, the I have one left of Harry and Meghan, and I kind of want to listen to his his book. I don't want to read his book, but his he narrates his entire audio book. It's like a long huh. podcast of him just dumping on the royalty for 15 hours, which I could sign up for. 15 hours? <laughs> that's an audio book. How long do you think books are? Oh, yeah, that's true. That's true. <laughs> um, I mean, he says that William grabbed him by the throat and stuff and threw him down. Uh, he got frostbite on his on his thing down there. Uh, <laughs> he details all of it. Everything you need to know about Prince Harry, it's in there. <laughs> I need to know about his frostbite. Because <laughs> he because he was circumcised, he, he elaborates. And it's like, whoa, who knew? Dang. Diana knew. What else did Diana yeah. know? What else? Well, I was going to say, if we want to talk about Harry, why not talk about Harry's brother, William? And jump into season five, episode eight, because William has a handful of scenes. Yeah, this is the episode in a lot of ways the season has been building towards gunpowder. We finally mm-hmm. get the interview between... Princess Diana and um, Martin Bashir, and yeah, they don't entirely frame the whole episode within the interview. It's there's still stuff going on, on on the sidelines, like like you mentioned, Dave. A lot of time spent with Prince William in this episode. Yeah, yeah. Uh, the episode begins. When is his first appearance? Oh, uh, is his first appearance with the TV? Yeah, uh, the Queen is trying to to get the signal in on the TV. And he's trying to help her out with that. And he says, "Why not get a big screen?" And she says, "This TV's like me. It's old. It needs to Did be you updated." Groan when she said that, <laughs> oh boy! I said, "This is what this show lives for. This is why this show's it, getting all these award nominations because it just takes a metaphor it out and for smashes you. you over the head." So so bad. 
<laughs> like they, they didn't need to make it so obvious there. I'm just like the TV, you know. Barely, you know, yeah, kind I think of outdated. Like, there are a lot of metaphors for me in this house. It's like okay, so next episode you're gonna be like the cutlery is just like me. Yeah, and, and I mean it doesn't stop there, uh, because was it Prince William? He, he's helping her with that. And uh, what was it? He also well, gets the phone call it? from his mom. Yeah. And she's just catching up, up on where, where she's been. Tells her she's in a, tell, tells her, uh, tells him that she's in a new relationship. Right new now, friend, just a friend, friend, like, friend, but maybe more. He's like, why do you keep telling me this? I don't want to know this. <laughs> he's like, don't get me so messed up at a young age that I'm going to get in my brother's face and strangle him later in life. I don't want, yeah, I don't want to know this. This is, this is what you're doing to me. It's not like Danny is telling him anything, you know, too, uh, you know, horrible. She's just trying to keep him on the up and up so he doesn't find out from someone else. Now, I wonder if there's actual truth in the Diana William thing, especially knowing Mm -hmm. what we know now, how like Harry grew up into the rebellious sort of Diana equivalent where he's, you know, left the royalty, he's critical of the paparazzi and the the system because she makes it like she's attached to William, but as we've seen, William married a perfect bride, you know. Yeah. He seems much more dutiful. Right. I mean, as far as I'm aware, Prince William is always kind of skewed closer to the crown and as a show in this show, a lot of it is his time spent with with the queen and stuff. Um so I can understand how they're just maybe embellishing a bit of the the rift there, but mm-hmm. I think it's they have dramatic license to, to take that there. Yeah, and he's all. I mean, I, I just think timing wise, it's not a great. Uh, this is not a great episode to watch this week. Yeah. Um. But yeah, so things aren't great with Prince William. He's hanging out with Ma. Uh, you know, we see the Queen talking about the the Cheltenham, uh, the Gold Cup. That she mm-hmm. got news that's on Channel Four, and she's like, "That's been a BBC program," and they tell her, "Well, Channel Four has more news to spend on the on those, that kind of programming." Sorry, mm-hmm. <laughs> times are changing, Queen. Uh, and we get things nailed a little bit on the head in this episode because we do see William at school with a teacher teaching kids about Guy Fox. Yes. <laughs> Now, Dave, did you recognize the teacher? The teacher? No. Who was I supposed to? Absolutely. He's from the Gilded Age, uh, Blake Ritson. He is uh, the older uh, son that they're, with the, the fancy glasses who's a closeted gay man in, in the Gilded Age. Who's, uh, they're trying to shack up with the main oh, girl, yeah. well, Oscar he wasn't Van wearing his, his signature um, you know, vampire sunglasses. So how was I supposed to recognize him? <laughs> Yeah, he's always dressed like a vampire in the Gilded Age. Um, but yeah, it immediately jumped out to me. I was like, wait, why do they have this notable actor in this role? And then he goes on to monologue for an entire scene exclusively about Guy Fox and remember, remember the 5th of November. He doesn't do mm-hmm. anything else. <laughs> he, get, he gets the bag, the paycheck, just to tell us about Guy Fox and crew and how they got hung way back when. Yeah, how they failed. Congrats, Blake Ritson, on that paycheck. Yeah, probably a decent, decent day's work for him. Yeah. And Dave, they, they do get an upgrade at the house, don't they? 
Yep, the episode ends with them getting satellites. And how does that go over? Do they know how to use it? Well, there's a remote with with text on it, and as William gives it to his grandmother, uh, and she she's can't quite figure it out, and she's just like, "Take me back to the BBC." Not only that, she flips to Bavis and Butthead and watches that for a small second. <laughs> and she watches and what's the music video she watches. Oh, I can't remember the music video that she has on. It's like an R and B song. Oh yeah, yeah. I kind of like the idea that the Queen is just fumbling around TV and just maybe actually watching Davis and Butthead on her on her own. <laughs> um, Imagine. I mean, it, it's not unrealistic. Just think about it. She hits like the favorite button, and her favorite channel is actually MTV. And she's like, "How do I get off this? How do I get off this?" So someone else <laughs> I take need the to go remote. Back to the horse racing. <laughs> yeah. Um, it's funny because the remote didn't look too complicated, uh, but I guess it was a step like above rough compared from, to what it used to be. It is. Yeah. And so, yeah, they're they're moving into a new generation. They're with the the satellite TV. Mm-hmm. And that that's pretty much what's going on with William. He's just hanging out around home. It seems like he's there more than he is at school. When they ask for him at one point, he's like, "I gotta go to got class." Well, he just gets like, is he is he in the room with with Queen Elizabeth and and the messenger guy comes in, fellows, and he's like, "Hey, the princess wants to talk to you," and it's urgent. He's like, "I'm leaving." I'm done. Yeah. Out of here. Uh, so where do we want to go after this? I mean, because the Queen stuff kind of intersects with uh, everything with um, Diana. <clears throat> well, I think the BBC stuff and Diana kind of go hand in hand. Yeah. Because the Queen stuff is more just set pieces. She's not really super involved aside from her one scene. Mm-hmm. So we see this, uh, what's the gentleman's name? Um, John Dookie? Britt and Duke. Jo- John Duke, Burt. Duke Hussey. John Burt, not Britt. John Burt mm-hmm. is a Brit though. Um, yep. Is John Britt's like the director of the BBC or some higher up? I don't know exactly what his title is. Yeah, he's the director and he has the, the chairman above him. So Hussey is the chairman? Dookie? Yep, as they as they refer to him, he is his nickname is Dookie. <laughs> Dookie Sorry, folks. Dookie's friend is um is one of Queen Elizabeth's ladies in waiting. Mm-hmm. So basically, in Queen Elizabeth's like tea club, Dookie's wife is a uh, you know top top dog there as far as having a Diana's ear. Yeah. And we see that there's a little bit of a rift between Bert and Hussey from the get-go. Like, there's a little bit of mm-hmm. difference of opinion. Yeah. That uh, he is pushing for a program to celebrate the Queen. We need something to cheer her up, some positive stuff. We know she had a horrible year a couple of years back now at this point. Things aren't great. Let's do something to celebrate her. Yeah, and I think he keeps harping on the fact that he says like the BBC and the monarchy are the two things that make Britain Britain. Yeah, because there's all this pushing that Channel Four is taking over. People aren't paying attention to the BBC; it's no longer relevant. Uh huh. And Bert is like, "All right, man, like keep talking, like keep, you know, waving your hands mm-hmm. and and talking about how great you are," and then. 
Dookie gets this idea from kind of sitting with his wife and removing his prosthetic limb to Mm -hmm. celebrate the Queen's 70th birthday. Yeah. All the meanwhile, we see Bashir, Hewlett, and Bert kind of tossing around the idea of exactly what the Diana interview is going to be. Right. They're still trying to coax her into the interview where we see Martin Bashir talking to Diana where she has second thoughts and he's telling her, no, 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 this is the way. We're giving you you know, a platform here. Don't don't worry. This is going to be it's going to be good for you. Now, is this the bit in the car? Yeah. Where Bashir is like, well, Diana's like, yeah, I heard some of the stuff that you said. There were inconsistencies between your conversations. And MI5 and MI6 are watching her. <laughs> yeah, and Bashir is like, could be both. Yeah. And Don't trust like, your brother. I think they got your brother. And it's like, man, it's funny. We know, we know now that he kind of lied about things to get what he wanted from her, rather to land the interview in the first place. But he is uh, very slick, Mr. Martin Bashir. I, I mean, they undersell it. And I'll, I'll jump to this. I was saving it for the end. But allegedly... He falsified papers to show to Diana that Prince uh, Charles paid for an abortion. So she literally went into this interview thinking that Charles had cheated and, and aborted a child to, to keep it under wraps because Martin Bashir lied to her and for, for, you know, falsified that to her. That's next level, like, terrible. <laughs> and they didn't even um, touch on that in this. You think they would because no. they're definitely not, not pulling as many punches with Bashir. It's almost like a little too like devilish to to like buy to believe, you know. Yeah, <laughs> uh, yeah. But they they go through the great lengths of comparing themselves to like Guy Fox. You know, they're going to be recording this interview on November fifth, and you know they could be hung, <laughs> you know, for what they're doing. And he's like, "No, they won't. They won't do that to you. Don't worry about it, Diana." No, and I think is it Dookie himself that gets. Bert riled up at to the point to agree to put this through. Yeah, because we we get a uh, an unnecessary scene of a of a shirtless Dookie on the bed. We see his prosthetic leg because he served in World War II and lost it. Mm-hmm. Uh, but we we see the barrel chest, the full Dookie on the bed there, talking with his wife about ways to to make the Queen happy, and that's where that idea came up to, for the special. And he proposes it to John Burt, and John Burt had heard from, from Martin Bashir about this interview and he's like, no, we can't do that. That would, that would be way off, off the cuff here. But then he talks to Duke and he's like, you know what? Maybe we should do that interview. (laughs) This is, this is. Oh yeah. Yeah. So then there's another sequence of him going to, to tell Dukey that he, he basically says, look, we thought about what you said and, uh, her 75th birthday is going to be such a big event that we are going to opt to do something different. And, and Dookie's like, oh, what? What are you going to do? And he's like, oh, we got the, we got the princess. Yeah. And, and he makes a fairly sound reason. Like, her golden jubilee will be in seven years. We can just wait. <laughs> there's there's no actual reason to do this right now. Why? Mm-hmm. Yeah, why make like a career retrospective and then have to basically do it again? Yeah. And so they, they do the interview. 
Uh, all while they're setting off fireworks because it's November 5th over and there. And they sneak in under the guise of being high, uh, high-end audio their audio equipment installers which is mm-hmm. pretty clever yeah and so they do the interview uh, and John Burt he goes to a hotel to see the footage he's like oh man is there any way to run this back is there any way to cancel this <laughs> he's like on the beach talking to him like we need to shut this thing down and he's like no and no Martin no Bashir's like we ain't shutting this down and by the way I forged more papers. You're going to go to jail if you don't hear this. <laughs> I wish it kind of went even further with Martin Bashir where he just starts categorically lying to everyone and falsifying papers to get them to, to go under. Well, he's like very honest with one guy and terribly, you know, dishonest to everyone else. Yeah. It's like, I did it again. Can't I made up it. an abortion paper. Horrible, horrible human. Um, but yeah, John Burt's like, what have I done? <laughs> just tell me I won't regret this. And one of the contingencies for even doing the interview is that Diana needs to be able to have an audience with the queen prior. Yeah. Yeah. And also, he told the Duke, the chairman also after the interview happened that he they're going forward mm-hmm. with this. Like, sorry, we did this too late. Um, but yeah, so Diana goes to meet with the queen. Mm-hmm. Gives her a heads up, hey, this is happening. And the queen is trying to set the record straight with her. Like, no one's been trying to make you feel miserable. We've been doing the opposite. You know, we've defended you each time, uh, loyally to the hilt. This is all a figment of your imagination, and they just want her to be happy. And one day, potentially be the next queen. And I, I thought there was a certain sense of uh, correctness from Elizabeth in this sequence because she's she basically says, you know, Everywhere I go, people ask me about you. And do I ever slander you? And do I ever mm-hmm. throw you through the mud? Do I ever do this? And the, and the answer is always no, I don't. You know, I defend you. I say you're part of this family. You're a high-ranking member of this family. And, you know, Diana's absolutely right in a lot of her complaints. And, and you see a lot of these complaints now with Meghan and Harry. But yeah, what the Queen is so jaded that I think that She's not incorrect in some of the stuff that she is saying. Yeah. Well, I, I think also, and I don't know if they necessarily highlight it here as much, but you, Imelda Stanton, Stanton plays it well, and that I think she honestly believes the Queen is doing all she can. And, and the Queen may have I honestly thought she was like, you know, being there for Diana as much as she could be. But if we just think back to the history of the show and where the Queen has landed in terms of what their policy is about things going on, she's always been on the side of, do nothing. Mm-hmm. Sometimes that's the most important thing is just to say nothing and, and just to kind of be present and just be like a steady force. So I wouldn't, you know, be too far of a stretch to imagine that, you know, I mean, you just look back at the history. She didn't, they didn't really do much to, to besmirch Diana. So it seems, uh, so in her mind, she may have thought that she was doing stuff to help Diana, but mm-hmm. really that's just not enough. Yeah. It seems like Diana, <laughs> You know, to pull a wrestling phrase, it seems like Diana screws Diana in a lot of these situations. Just digging a hole for herself. But it also seems like she's also a victim of Prince Charles going out around on her and kind of just ending up looking like a fool because she didn't know about any of this stuff going on. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. And, well, and I don't mean to say that Diana is morally in the wrong. I just think sure. systematically 
she hasn't learned how to play the game and she's just like every time she like boils she just goes and interviews somebody and says some negative things and, and that's the the cool thing that I'm liking about the season they they show Diana be a little bit flawed whereas in like season four they're I think almost a little too careful to approach her as like you know she was too good to be true almost and they mm-hmm. really lean into that but this season it's a little bit more like she was a little bit impetuous with her decision making it was easily manipulated just kind of flailing a little bit post marriage um, and it, it's so funny to see that especially with everything going on with Prince Harry right now where you could almost say the same I don't know if you've seen some of his interviews but like some of the stuff he's saying is so off the cuff it's like you can see the anger you know behind the words that he's saying and you wonder has he taken the time to really consider what he's doing because you know he says he wants to you know fix the family and he'll, one day they'll all be back together but it's like the stuff you're doing right now man you don't come back mm-hmm. from that oh yeah yeah but at and the same time you see cry from Diana. in the more hypothetical situation where Diana's sort of calling for help and she talks about in the interview with Bashir her mm-hmm. postpartum depression and yeah. one thing you see in in like the Harry and Meghan documentary is she talks about her you know depression and wanting to deal with a therapist and they were like oh no no that can't happen because then the media will get a hold of it and everyone will think you're crazy or that you're unhappy and it's not necessarily Mm -hmm. that any of that is true it's a matter of everybody needs help sometimes oh and postpartum depression is so common (laughs) like so many of my friends that have gone through that after having a child like it just it is what Mm -hmm. it is it's horrible that they try to suppress that kind of stuff um but yeah, they do the interview, uh, and you know the the big takeaway is there's three of us. There was three of us in a marriage. It was crowded. Even I know that line. That's like been bandied about as like mm-hmm. the one takeaway about their marriage. And at the same time, the Queen and, and Prince uh, uh, Philip, not Prince Charles, <laughs> Prince Phil, they, they went to go see Dream Girls. Dream Girls. That's the show they're at. Well, it's yeah, it's their their forty forty eighth wedding anniversary, something like that. And, and I yeah, mean, that's one, one of the things only. that she says to Elizabeth, to Diana, the queen, is that, oh, you want to have this air on my anniversary? Like, that's great. You want to have it announced on Charles' birthday or whenever he ha- she has it announced. It's like, you're, you're playing this game. Like, you are, mm-hmm. you want to play dumb and you want to play coy and, you know, you know, abused, emotionally abused by the system. And then you are stabbing it every time that you are getting like i said before every time that she gets too worked up it's some sort of lashing out rather than calculated or whatever or just growing like i mean obviously we know from the show elizabeth and philip had a lot of extramarital difficulties too right and yeah man it just sounds like uh the takeaway is uh being involved with royalty is a is a rough go it sounds like especially if you're Mm -hmm. an outsider yes i see uh yes and Diana's white, so imagine how tough it is for, for our pal Meghan Markle. Yeah, and then I mean, all this stuff has repercussions down the line. You you, you can see this day with Harry, you know, mm-hmm. trying to live up to his mother, and then dealing with the fact she's not there. But uh, so this news comes out on the show. We we see the actual like news footage of people delivering the details of the interview. And, we also see uh, uh, brief in the moment reactions from. Harry, Camilla, Charles, um, yeah, Princess Margaret, 
Prince Chuck is uh, outraged. Oh, he he has uh, Dominic West is making this guy seem like a like he's a the heel turn is imminent. Not that he's not already a heel, but you know mm-hmm. he's like, damn you, yeah. He, he gets loud. Why does it, this have to happen? Especially with the, with the question of will you ever be the queen? And she's like, of people's hearts. It's like, man, she's got me. <laughs> I'll never be able to live to be as good as her. Um, and, and really, that kind of wraps up the episode. And that it really ends on the note of where it started, where the TV is out of place, you know, with the rest of the house. And now we're seeing just how kind of just not in touch the, the royalty is because. You know, even Dookie, the the chairman, uh, Baron, uh, was it? What's his full name? Dukasi. Dukasi. He he's filing. He's sending in his resignation. He 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 admits like I don't know about what's going on here. Uh, like anymore, I'm so out of touch anymore. I don't belong here. And Elizabeth's like, don't do that. And he's like, no, 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 I'm gonna do that. <laughs> I, I'm I just I'm just not good at this job anymore. Uh, he didn't actually end up resigning after the panorama documentary aired but he did resign from the role a year later and allegedly did have a falling out with john burt and that was one of the main reasons why he left you don't say don't know about anything if it's true about him wanting to have a a, a special about her that that may have been an invention eh. but all right <laughs> to, to his point that he makes at the beginning of the episode where he talks about you know, we're not trying to make any avant-garde uh, TV uh, or, or, you know, try and be the, the best thing out there. Uh, we're just trying to be steady. We see the Queen turning around, turning channels around, uh, including the Mavis and Butthead that we mentioned. We see a car on fire and everything. And she's kind of almost disturbed by the images that she sees on TV. And mm-hmm. it's just getting harder and harder to reconcile her place in the world where it's everything is just spinning out of control. And she can't resign like old Dookie can. Oh, no, not at all. Is this a good episode, Dave? Yeah, I think it was a great episode. Yeah, I think it was very solid. Now, do we Dave, think? Like, uh, do we think? Yeah, Dookie enjoyed a few years later when when The Office premieres on BBC Two. Uh, perhaps he died in two thousand six, so I don't know if he if he was, had his was finger on the that. pulse. But you wonder, did he ever tune into Channel 4? Because that's what they reference in this episode as the the competition. If you're not familiar, mm-hmm. Dave, Channel 4 is responsible for giving us uh, Big Brother, uh, okay. the Great British Bake Off. Uh, they, they've made a number of very popular British uh, TV shows. So, yeah. Wow, good for them. Yeah. And I believe... I don't, I'm not sure, I don't believe, no. Uh-oh, oh, I, what I don't you check. believe? No, Down Abbey did not air on, uh, on uh, Channel 4. It was on ITV. So even then, there was more networks out there that expanded after that, because it's Channel well, 4, and then there's all these other lost their mind over that. Yeah. <laughs> so... Yep, and also uh, the one last thing about uh, Dookie, he was a, a pretty well-known to be a, a Tory, like Julian Fellows, you know, very mm-hmm. staunch for for the government. So, yeah. That tracks. But mo- mostly accurate episode for mm-hmm. the most part. 
Aside from omitting a lot of Martin Bashir stuff. Exactly. Uh, so that's a, another quick episode. So I guess we can get to the power rankings. Absolutely. Well, who's going down for you, Dave? Well, number three, I got I got William. Because mm-hmm. this kid's in school. He's trying to learn. But he's got to go hang out with his grandma, teach her how to use the TV, which as much as anyone might love their grandma teaching teaching a, uh, anybody of a different generation to use your technology is never fun and then he's got to go That's listen right. to his mom talk about her new boyfriend and then she's got to listen to her mom go on national tv and say to the entire world that she doesn't know <clears throat> if he is going to be a good, a good king in the future <laughs> yeah well those are all valid points uh well number three i got john burt this guy doesn't want to go forward with the the Diana interview. Goes forward with it, immediately regrets it, and uh, yeah, he's just in a pickle. <laughs> you I mean, know? He's, it it becomes one of the most important pieces of you know news media of the decade. So yeah, can't be that well, big of an L for him. Just last year, though, he he uh, blasted Martin Bashir though uh, for or in twenty twenty one rather. Uh, for her his deceit of uh, Diana, so I'm sure he lives with regrets uh, since then. So. Oh yeah, and God knows Martin Bashir wouldn't have gotten that Michael Jackson interview without the Diana one. So <laughs> absolutely not. He really opened a lot of doors with that. Yep. So who's number two for you, Dave? Number two, I got to give it to Charles. Because okay. this guy's just sitting back enjoying the TV. Mm-hmm. And his whole life is turned upside down because his ex-wife is uh, running her mouth. You know, he did a, this whole documentary to try to offset the damage she had already done initially. And she's like, no, no, yeah. no. I, I got more for you. Just you wait. Yeah, I mean, similar to that, I got the royalty on number two because they all kind of t- get taken down by this this interview. Mm-hmm. It's, you know, the first stone kind of cast at the the glass house there. Mm-hmm. And everyone's kind of uh, upset by it. So, yeah, royalty takes Easy a enough. this episode. <laughs> yep. Well, number one going down yep. is pretty obvious to me. It's Dookie. <clears throat> it's Dookie. When he got that name, that's game over. <laughs> He's going down the toilet for sure. <laughs> oh, yeah, flushing him down. Um, you know, kudos to him for serving World War II. And... uh serving the the bbc as, as best as he could but uh it's not your time anymore brother yeah you're out of touch Good, goodbye and you think you have this grand idea to make people you know it's not just that he's an old guy who's out of touch he's an old guy who's loud about how he mm-hmm. believes he's in touch yeah and then he takes the the biggest l of all time <laughs> and that's it right because we have to sit him monologue there for the opening of the episode and then just get proven wrong throughout the rest of it <laughs> Yeah, it's not a good luck. Nope. So, yeah, that's that. Indeed. Who do you got going up? Number three, I got Martin Bashir. And part of that's because I already gave him his flowers last week. He, he, he secured the interview. This week he just gets it done. He's a piece of trash, but just noting that, you know, he had a good week. Okay. Well, number three, I got Queen Elizabeth. Okay. Because I think that it's her wedding anniversary. She has to go to the show. Uh, she has that verbal smackdown towards Diana, which I think 
is not without its its pros. Not to mention the mm-hmm. character doesn't leave as a total L. And uh, she gets to spend some time with her grandson. And yeah. considering, I, I think that she, I think one of her big issues is she doesn't internalize things in her family. And we have yet to see her internalize this interview in this episode. So good on her for being Fair. a little stoic the whole time. I have her number two for just going out there and doing it. You know, sometimes you just got to shoot from the hip. And that's exactly mm-hmm. what she did. So, yeah, good for Diana. She did it. Get it off her chest. Yeah? Wait, you're saying Queen Elizabeth? Is that your number two for that? Yeah, number two. Okay. Di- no, Diana is. Diana, I said. Diana's number two. Okay, Diana's my number two as well. Oh, wait, so Queen Elizabeth was your number three? Yeah. Oh, so Princess Di. Gosh, man. Darn. Okay. Diana, yeah, she did it. She didn't have regrets. She She handled it responsibly. Even though mm-hmm. I think, you know, I whatever you want to say about the Diana versus Elizabeth morality play, um, she aired her laundry on TV, but she did tell the person who would be victimized the most by it to her face that it would be coming. It was not a yeah. sucker punch. Solid number two for Diana. Number one for me, because I couldn't give it to Bashir, it's just the BBC. They end up winning. They get the viewers on the Panorama interview. They're they're you know staying you know caught up with the times and stuff. It's a good week to be uh, part of the BBC. Okay, well I'm not too petty to not give it to Bashir. So okay, he lies and cheats and steals his way to the top. This is the this is his week. Yeah. So the the person he claimed that aborted the baby was Prince William and Harry's nanny, Tiggy Leggy uh, Burke, and. Yeah, in September 2021, they announced that she was going to get paid a six-figure uh, sum in damages for his accusations against wow. her. Wow, that's great. I mean, good so, for her. Yeah, she lost her job because this piece of trash got her reputation destroyed because of him. So, get out of here, Martin Bashir. I think if we were to do the, the, the math, she's probably owed more than six figures. High six figures at the probably. minimum. Yeah. And you know what's the funny thing is the guy who played Martin Bashir on the show, he also played Martin Bashir in the Princess Diana movie from 2013 that had um, Naomi Watts in it. It was allegedly or supposed to be very terrible. Uh, all the reviews are wrong. But it is, he said it was good to have a second chance to play Bashir because most of his role got cut in that movie. And also he just has more knowledge of what kind of character Bashir, Bashir is now uh-huh. versus 2013. Interesting. Is he wasn't. As great as he was supposed to be. Why yeah. would they do that? Because he looks like the guy. Okay. Yeah, he does look like him, and he is good. <laughs> yeah. So. There you go. Yeah, well, that's that. I was, I'm was. i shocked you didn't give it to uh, Blake Ritson. Give him some positive points for I mean, doing he got his, his job paycheck. Well. He doesn't need any more praise in the rankings here. So. Sure. Yeah. So, Dave, well, have you been able to uh, watch anything else? Well, I guess I was going to say no because we were at a, a game convention together all weekend. But mm-hmm. in the week prior and in the day or two since, I've been watching this new season of The Circle. Oh, yeah. How are you liking it? I love it. I mean, I think it's been a good enough amount of time. I think one thing with The Circle was we got a lot of it very quickly. Mm-hmm. We got like season one and then the Brazil and the France and all the, you know, spinoffs yeah. and whatnots. 
And then I think two and three kind of, meh, four is good. And this one is five. And uh, mm-hmm. I, I'm not all the way caught up, but I really like these new characters. I think there's a lot going on. Let a, let a meat on the bone. I want you to finish the season and then tell me if I should okay. catch up. Sure. And, and how it ranks. Yeah. Because it, it's so much time to invest in these hour-long reality show episodes. Uh, yeah. And I will, I will say that uh, some of the episodes, some, some of the seasons, rather, are absolutely forgettable. So... Mm-hmm. Where we are right now, I think some of these players are very memorable. So, what about you, Corey? Anything you're watching? Singles Inferno? Yeah, the finale just came out today. Can't wait to watch it. I'm so eager. Um, but, you know, this Netflix reality shows, it's like a blessing and a curse. You always wish there's more time on these reality shows to see these people interacting. But then it becomes mm-hmm. like, man, it's a long hour just to get to where we're, we're headed to either way. <laughs> um, That's right. But, yeah, eager, eager to watch that. And then but I've been making time to watch... Um, Fleischman is in trouble on FX. The was it the Jesse Eisenberg show, uh, Claire Danes, and uh, oh, what's her name from the Masters of Sex, uh, Lizzie Kaplan. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, it's it's good. It, it, it but you know on that topic of postpartum depression, it just had one episode recently that knocked my socks off. It was incredible. I think it's getting slept on because it's it's very small potatoes in terms of a drama and stuff but it's mm-hmm. pretty good it only like seven eight episodes yeah so. all right interesting mm-hmm. but that's it man i haven't had time for anything else oh yeah yeah well thank god the crown is so low effort <laughs> to get through it gives us more right time now. to put into other parts of our lives that you know might yep. take a little more important sometimes <laughs> thank you diana yeah, so- Time with Prince Harry. That's that's where oh, we're, yeah, we're putting some time. Fifteen hours. Yep. But uh, yeah, you know where to find us. Otherwise, on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, lordsgrantham at gmail Please feel mm-hmm. free to write yeah, us. We'll but, get thank back. Thank you to for you. that email, Dania, earlier. Yeah. You can subscribe to us on, on Patreon if you so choose for some uh, bonus content. Oh uh, yeah. Leave us five star rating and review if you so choose. Um. We, I saw that someone updated their review recently to ask us to watch Only Murders in the Building. I mean, it's, it's, it takes place in New York. It actually takes Doesn't place... Doesn't really fit our mission statement. Maybe maybe some Patreon yeah. coverage if there's enough interest. Yeah, throw some Patreon yeah. money, we'll cover Only Murders in the Building. Yeah, I mean, it's in my area code. It's not too far flung uh, for me, so... Just like the Gilded maybe. Age. That's true. <laughs> well, the other day is a little, it's on the east side, so not quite my my area code, my zip code. Okay. Um, but yeah, you know where to find us, and we'll catch you next time on the Lord's Grant the Podcast. Yeah.